Very interesting company. Wave Apps, again, another great example of one of these folks using kind of a freemium model. We've had a lot of these people on. Conga came on, same kind of model. It's really interesting. Git Postman also doing it. We've had uh, Plebo came on, 70,000 customers, freemium model. Another good one to study here. Again, launched in 2011 in the financial technology space, really serving small business owners. So that's it. They currently have you know between 10,000 and 100,000 paying customers, paying 70 bucks a month, growing 80 to 100% year over year, hoping to hit 50 million bucks in ARR by the end of the year in 2019. Less than 2% logo churn per month. Really hard to do in this space. Super healthy. That's because they understand the activation metrics. Paying less than 70 bucks to acquire a new lead that they're confident will convert in, you know, definitely before 24 months of using the platform. Team of 200 people based mostly in Toronto and other remote locations. This is the Top Entrepreneurs Podcast, where founders share how they started their companies and got filthy rich or crash and burn. Each episode features revenue numbers, customer counts, and other insider information that creates business news headlines. We went from a couple hundred thousand dollars to 2.7 million. I had no money when I started the company. It was $160 million, which is the size of many IPOs. We're bootstrapped. We have like 22,000 customers. With over 5 million downloads in a very short amount of time, major outlets like Inc. are calling us the fastest growing business show on iTunes. I'm your host, Nathan Latka, and here's today's episode. Hello, everyone. My guest today is Kirk Simpson. He's a serial entrepreneur and co-founder and CEO at a company called Wave, which he's led to nearly 3.5 million small businesses registered with 100 million in funding raised from investors around the world. He believes in giving back to the tech community as a mentor and an angel investor. Kirk, are you ready to take us to the top? All right, let's go. All right, very good. So fintech is obviously hot. There's a lot of companies kind of pushing the 80 to $100 million ARR range. Expensify comes to mind. You know, I just had Venna, got the Venna folks on, which is doing top-down, you know, ERP solution-related things. You're in this space too, but it sounds like going after SMBs. Tell me what you do and how you make money. Yeah, so first of all, we actually, uh, we don't love the SMB uh, title because in some ways, if you look at the US census, that's anywhere from businesses with one employee to 500. And we think there's massive differences in how those businesses operate. We like to call, we're going after SB, small businesses, zero to 10 employees, under $2 million of revenue. Most people aren't aware about 95% of all businesses in North America are in this size. And we're aiming to give them better financial management tools. We give away our invoicing and accounting software 100% for free. And then we monetize by putting uh, payments, payroll, uh, lending, offers, etc. in the application and get those deeply embedded into what the small business owners are doing. And you're owning all these different things. I mean, look, I look at a company like Cabbage, they do one of those things and they have 5 billion in loans outstanding. Do you integrate with them or you compete directly with them in different spaces? So we've done the partnership route. Um, you know, our payments business, for instance, was built on top of Stripe. Uh, we get to a point of scale and, and quite frankly, our users want us to deeply integrate it. And so most of this stuff over time, we've been building ourselves. And again, the, the goal there is no small business owner wants to be doing this stuff. They're not passionate about accounting or invoicing or payments or all that kind of stuff. They're passionate about their business. And so how do we make it super simple and integrated for them to onboard into payments and payroll and other things? We feel like we've got to we've got to control more and more of that experience for them, and so for the most part, to your question, we're building it ourselves. Interesting. All right, give me give me some averages here. So, like average customer, what would you say they pay you per month? I know you have probably ten thousand cohorts, but on average, 
Sorry, you broke up with me, uh, broke up on me for a little bit. So average of what, Nathan? Yeah, the, the question was on average, what are one of these SMBs paying you per month? I said, I know you probably have 10,000 right. cohorts, but on average, what would you say? Yeah, so up in the 70 to $100 range uh, okay. on our paying customers uh, for all of their transaction processing, et cetera. That's okay. So, I mean, that's a fairly competitive price for, for a small business to jump in and do all that. Yeah. Yeah. Give me more of the backstory here. Put this on a timeline. When did you launch? We launched uh, right around the beginning of 2011. So we've been in market for a little while um, and, you know, feel like the product, et cetera, is getting to a place. You know, one of the mistakes that I made, I'm, I'm pretty open and honest about areas where we've done well and where we've made mistakes. One of the mistakes that I made early on was we went too broad with the platform too quickly. And over the last few years, we've sort of said to ourselves, let's go through every single one of those verticals and make them, you know, be stupid super competitive in terms of the product offering that we had have in the market. We're getting to that place now. Um, but as you mentioned at the opening, I mean, one of the most amazing things about the model that we built is we're signing up almost 80,000 small businesses a month on our platform. Uh, and so the distribution is oftentimes the hardest thing for software companies going after this market. We've really cracked that code. And now obviously our goal is to get more and more of them to use us uh, to to drive more and more of their activity through us and to get them to, uh, to paid services over time. Yeah. Now, Kirk, when you, when you throw out those numbers in the, in the SB space, I can't help but think of my friend Gail, right? When you look at constant contact and she was never respected in the public markets in terms of the, you know, the, the private equity rate, you know, the, sorry, the price to earnings ratio, because she would add that amount, but she would churn about 50,000, right? Sure. Of these customers. So walk yeah. me through your churn today and how you manage that. Yeah, so we're a, we're a private company. I'm not going to give you all the inside scoop, but, uh, but overall, I would 100% agree with that. Um, and I would say the difference for us is that, um, you know, churning out of an email uh, software program is a lot different than churning out of an accounting and payroll and payments and invoicing software. And so we really see industry uh, low churn rates. Once we get them into that active state, they will stick for a long time. We got, as you mentioned before, we got a lot of cohorts and we've looked at them over time. Churn rates are not necessarily the issue. Um, it's driving more and more of that adoption because as I mentioned before, small businesses aren't passionate about doing accounting. They're oftentimes sitting on the sidelines with Excel and shoe boxes and all that kind of stuff. How do we get them to, to buy into this? How do we make it easier and easier for them to onboard? And most importantly, Nathan, how do we begin to deliver them insights so that they're not failing. Most small business owners fail because of cash flow problems. Mm -hmm. And that's because they're very unsophisticated in how they run their business. They're running it off of their bank balance month. If so, I must be successful. We need to be delivering them better insights so that they can be better business owners. So, so Kirk, tell me, I mean, you have a huge cohort to work with, big sample size and a lot of analysis. When you look at, let's just say, gross logo churn per month, and maybe not talk about yourself, but talk about the industry as a whole, what do you think is a good number to be below uh, when, when you look at the, at the data? Yeah, so if you look at small businesses, I would say look at companies like, public companies like uh, ADP in payroll or paychecks or others. You basically get to a place of about, I think they would say 80 to 82% retention on an annual basis. Yep. It's, in small business, you're going to have, to your point before, you're going to have 10 to 15% that are going to naturally go out of business. And so we call that kind of uncontrollable churn. When we survey these guys, they're like, listen, there was nothing I could do. It wasn't your fault. It wasn't your software, et cetera. I just, I went out of business. 
Yeah. This um, comes 80, 80% annual retention would say come out just maybe 2% gross logo churn per month. And you're saying that's probably a healthy target for this kind of space. I would agree on a monthly basis. Correct. And yeah, so you're dealing with kind of a five-year life, right? Yep. And have, are you, so are you better than that? Are you below, can we say you're below 2%? Yeah, we're seeing that we're below 2%. That's great. Congratulations. That's not easy. What do you know you've got to get a new user to do in the first day or two to make them like exponentially increase their lifetime value? Yeah. I mean, things like connect your bank account. So you're importing your transactions, uh, send out a couple of invoices, accept a couple of of electronic payments, those kinds of things. Those are huge signals of success long-term. And I imagine because of this price point, you can't afford to put too much touch on this thing with an inside sales team. So you've got to build trust quickly so they connect their bank account in a no-touch way. How do you do that in the UI? Yeah, I mean, you've you've hit the nail on the head. Like we're we're closing in on 200 people in the company. We don't have a single sales rep that works here. Not an inside sales rep, not an outside sales rep. Yeah, that rep. model wouldn't work at the price point. It, it 100% wouldn't work. And so you know, listen, you've got to have good product and designers, uh, good product people and designers, obviously. And most importantly, you've got to be ruthless in terms of your uh, testing uh, cadence, right? Constant optimizations of all of these screens and funnels. Um, and, you know, to your point, when you talk about something like payroll onboarding, you know, ADP, as an example, they'd have, you know, a whole suite of both sales reps and Uh, implementers that are walking small business owners through setting them up. We're trying not to do that. So we're zero touch through the onboarding. Yeah. Payroll onboarding is hard. And so, you know, you got to be really iterative and you got to look at, um, interview a lot of customers, watch them onboard to see where the friction is and just be ruthless about removing it everywhere. So launched in 2011, testing yeah. rigorously, no touch, $70 price, but you optimize for all these things. Walk me through the kind of success you've had. How many customers are you now serving today? So hundreds and hundreds of thousands of small business owners are using the platform to run their business. Um, and tens and tens and tens of thousands are you know, uh, paying us every month. Um, and I won't go much deeper than that. Um, and our opportunity, you know, I gave you the sign-up number. So lots of people at the top of the funnel. We just got to continue to to rigorously push on driving more and more of them into an active state. Yep. So so when you say when you say tens and tens, basically minimum ten thousand, maximum a hundred thousand in terms of paying folks. You have in the hundreds of thousands that are actual users on the platform. So there is some freemium component to this. Yes, one hundred percent. Yeah. And you know the interesting thing that we see, Nathan, is that we'll get some people to be paying in the first month and then we'll have others who are using the free platform for 24 months and on the 25th month convert into pay. Yeah. And so well, we, see, we see a real long tail in terms of adoption and we're okay with that. You said, you said, sorry, 24, it might take 24 months for the conversion to happen. Yeah. I mean, we yeah. see a, a, a real long tail on that. Yeah. Which is fine though, because your CAC is not super high, right? So you can afford to give them the time. Correct. Our CAC is very, very small. Yeah. Like, do you optimize that for like, you know, one month ARP, so 70 bucks or less or even lower? Uh, we see it much lower than that, to be honest. Um, and, and the reason for that is because of the offering, the way that we've, um, we've been rigorous in our click rate optimization on our homepage and that kind of stuff, 85% of our signups are coming through organic unpaid channels. Mm-hmm. Well, so, what, but, but, but do you have an SEO or content team? Like, are there other things touching that? Yeah. Although yeah. we're relatively new into content, uh, we've always done well on SEO. Um, and you know, more and more we're seeing the CAC to LTV be in a place where we can really double down on paid spend in the right channels. Mm-hmm. 
uh, all of that sort of put together drives towards that 80,000 a month mark. Kirk, at your, at your sub, at your sub 2% gross logo churn per month, you can get lifetime values that start to lie to you pretty quick. You could argue for, you know, unlimited on some of these accounts where there's expansion revenue and things. How do you keep yourself honest on what lifetime value is? Cause ultimately you're, you just said you're using that as an indicator to dividing by three to go back to what you're comfortable with on CAC. Well, the first thing is, is that, you know, with, with a lot of our, um, a lot of our revenue being in the payment space, we need to be honest about our, with ourselves about what gross margin is, right? So we look at gross margin LTV. So that's uh, the first thing. Very, very important, right? Is, Kirk, uh, very few people come on the show and explain this. So I want you to give you a second to explain that act, the math equation for that. Yeah, for sure. So um, essentially in our business, because we're paying out to Visa and MasterCard and Amex on our payments revenue, uh, it's important to not look at the gross revenue, but instead to the net, right? And, and to like take lifetime times it by your net revenue to get a true view of LTV. Now, some people, listen, there's a lot of companies that are valuing growth at all costs and they'll look at the gross revenue and they'll paint a really nice picture about uh, LTV to CAC. We just don't think that's sustainable. And so we look at that gross margin LTV. And then on the flip side, we also look at fully loaded CAC. So not just the cost of what we pay Google for SEM, but what about the salaries? What about the content that we're producing? All that kind of stuff. And that is what we view to be the important metric. Fully that weighted allows- CAC still sub 70? I'm sorry? Fully weighted CAC is still sub $70? It is. That's great. Now, remember that we, we've got a lot of uh, users who are still on the free platform. So, you know, if we, again, look at what the LTV to CAC is on the paid side of those paid users, it still takes us a few months to pay back. Um, I see. Is what, yes. I, what I'm hearing is, is what I'm hearing you say you're willing to spend up to 70 bucks to just for a new lead on the thing. And then it, it might take that lead 24 months after you already spent 70 bucks to get them to convert. That's the, the longest of the long tail. And I can yeah. tell you on, on, we would still call them a customer. We want to treat everybody who's on the platform as a customer. We think that's really important mindset for the, for the, the company to have. Um, but to get them to be a customer on the free side, we're well, 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 so south of that on the LTV to CAC, but as a, a ballpark, that's how we look at the equation. And I think it's really important for companies that want to be sustainable over time to be honest about their CAC to LTV because yeah. it's easy to inflate the numbers. Yeah, you know, a lot of you listening to this are going to be envious of you because they're going to say, of course, he can count a sign up today that's free. In his brain, he can calculate that as paid because he has such a large data, a large cohort of historical data. He knows that a, at a maximum 24 months, if they hit these activation metrics, they're going to convert. And other people are going to say, I don't have that data. I don't have that confidence. So I can't right. afford to spend 70 bucks to acquire a customer. What would you tell people who don't have the sample size you have, but want to test their way to your level? Well, so what I would start with is this, you know, to your point, we didn't always have this data. And so we made some good moves and we made some stupid moves along the way in terms of not having this data. And I would say the number one lesson that I would give them, and I've lived through this both on the good side and the bad side, is um, once you allow your marketing team to start using paid marketing as a channel, you will watch them spend all of their time optimizing that paid channel and almost no time optimizing on organic. And and we are a good example of the fact that, you know, of the 80,000, as I've said, you know, about 70,000 are coming in organically. And that's the best place to be. Mm -hmm. 
right? And so, as again, as soon as you put that paid in there, they're going to be constantly optimizing against that paid. And my suggestion is there's lots of ways to drive organic first before you then start driving paid on top of it. Yep. Interesting. Let's wrap up here, Kirk. I want to get back real quick to growth rate. It gets harder to multiply bigger numbers. What are you guys growing at today, year over year? Um, we're growing at a healthy, healthy clip. Um, we're not quite 100, but we're close. Can, can we say it's between 80 and 100? Is that fair? It's a, it's a good range. Okay, very good. By the way, again, not easy to do, right? I'm taking some of your numbers you gave me earlier. You said between 10,000 and 100,000 paying, let's say 50,000 in the middle there at 70 bucks a month puts you at 3.5 million a month or 42 million annually. So even growing at 80% year over year, that's still adding 30, 40 million bucks in new ARR year over year, which is obviously healthy. Let me ask you a question. You've raised a ton of money. Uh, yeah. If a lot of this is coming through organic, where are you putting all this money? A lot into R and D. Um, we we believe, and and it you know you look around the marketplace. There's some amazing players in this space that are tackling it from different angles. We got to be excellent across the board, and we think there's a huge opportunity to leverage the platform that we have and to layer on additional products that can drive you know better utilization for our customers, uh, their business to be better, and quite frankly, more revenue for the business. And so we're putting a lot of our time and effort into R and D. And Kirk, do you pass 50 million in ARR this year or next year? Uh, good question. Um, likely next year. Early next, okay. next year. And, and you feel good about that or it's a stretch goal you motivate your team with? Um, so I, I always <laughs> stretch the team. Um, <laughs> listen, I, you know, I've lived through this for long enough, Nathan, where um, I feel, I was describing this to somebody else the other day, I feel um, satisfied but not happy on an everyday basis. Yep. It's kind of like, we're doing good things, we need to be doing better. And, and I think that's important mindset for everybody in the company, me on down, about ourselves and about the business. We all need to constantly be getting better. Yep. And, uh, and, and that's a driving force here. And you said almost 200 folks. Is it folks remote or is there everyone in one spot? For the part, we're here in Toronto. Um, and everybody's in the same building. I've, I've always valued that. I think we're getting better at having people remote, but uh, I've always valued having people uh, here that we can build some culture and have some water cooler conversations. I think that's been important. Yeah, that's good. We just had, you must know, you must know Sean Cadeau, right? I do not actually. How do you guys not know? You're both in the FinTech space with, with you know, he's doing 2 million in ARR, you're doing North, in MRR, you're doing North of that and you don't talk to each other. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Maybe Nathan, can you make an introduction for me? I'll see it up. It's interesting because he's going, he's very much going top down at enterprise. You're, you're yeah. very different space, but saying it's both FinTech. So I imagine you're hitting the same kinds of things. Let, one last question here. You raised a bunch of capital. Would you ever pursue a roll-up strategy to buy some of these things instead of building them in-house? Y yes, absolutely. We think the platform is valuable and we'll be at a place soon where we can look at doing that just in terms of robust APIs and, and uh, more of a microservices type engineering culture. We believe in that because there's more and more things we can bolt onto this platform to make the lives of small business owners better. All right, let's wrap up with the famous five. Number one, favorite business book? Um, lately, I've been reading, and it's, it's been fantastic, it's powerful by Patty McCord from Netflix. Really, really enjoyed the book. Uh, different mindset, love it. Number two, is there a CEO you're following or studying right now? Yeah, so I've, I've kind of fallen in love with uh, Satya Nadella. Um, love his book and just very interested. You're talking in, refresh. Yeah. Yeah. In his, um, his sort of 
huge focus on culture and getting people and empathy and listening and all that kind of stuff. Um, there's not enough talk of that, I think, in, in the world. And I, so I've been really interested in his mindset. Number three, besides your own, what's your favorite online tool for building your business? Yeah, so um, we've been playing a lot with Drift. Um, and I mean, hot, hot company. And we've been using it on, on our payroll product. Love it. Really, really interesting in terms of the use cases and where they're taking that company. Think it's, it's on to big things. No, wait, Kirk, hold on. That's touch. You've got to have an, if you have 80,000 people hitting your site, actually a factor of that hitting your site and they're all generating drift messages. You got to have someone on the other end answering those things. Do you know what's interesting is we actually talked to the company uh, to drift and we said, we want to use it for self-serve. We want to use it to preload it with an answer to a whole bunch of questions. And it's been, it's been working amazingly well for that. So we, we've actually been pushing them to allow usage of that tool in a new way that they hadn't even sort of brought forward to this day. And we're finding it's working really, really well. And new, new folks landing on the website, these small business owners, they don't call, they don't call you on that and say, this is, a ro- this is a robot. I don't want to do this. No, in fact, but I think the key thing is we make it clear it's a bot. So if you're, pretend, you're pretending it's something else, I think there's an issue. We make it 100% clear this is a bot. This is to answer your key questions. If you need help, click here. We'll, we'll answer them. Um, but it, you know, the, the amount of them that are going from the bot into wanting to interact with a human is very small. Got it. Number four, how many hours of sleep do you get every night? Uh, depending on the day, five to eight, I would say. And I, I would add in one other thing, which is... Um, you know, if I could tell myself something two years ago, three years ago, I've been getting up and doing a boot camp three days a week now at like six in the morning, and it's the best thing I've ever done. Uh, what is well, and what's your situation? Married, single kids? Um, married. I'm 44. I got three kids, 13, 11, and eight. And I used having kids and the busyness of that, let alone the the business, to justify not working out. And I changed that a couple of years ago, and it's been a game changer for me. I love that. All right, last question: What do you wish your 20 year old self knew? Uh, learn to code. <laughs> Quick, didn't even hesitate. Learn yeah. to code right out of the gate. Guys, there you have it. Very interesting company, Wave Apps. Again, another great example of one of these folks using kind of a freemium model. We've had a lot of these people on. Conga came on, same kind of model. It's really interesting. Git Postman also doing it. We've had uh, Plebo came on, 70,000 customers, freemium model. Another good one to study here. Again, launched in 2011 in the financial technology space, really serving small business owners. That's it. They currently have you know between 10,000 and 100,000 paying customers, paying 70 bucks a month, growing 80 to 100% year over year, hoping to hit 50 million bucks in ARR by the end of the year in 2019. Less than 2% logo churn per month, really hard to do in this space, super healthy. That's because they understand the activation metrics, paying less than 70 bucks to acquire a new lead that they're confident will convert and, you know, definitely before 24 months of using the platform. Team of 200 people based mostly in Toronto and other remote locations. All right, guys, there you have it, Kirk. Thank you so much for taking us to the top. Thanks for having me.